Now, I know you know this, and it's probably not going to shock you, but some people don't like the Bible. Some who make it their lives mission to discredit it as the writings of ancient goat herders. And who wants to listen to ancient goat herders anyway? Today we're going to consider why hundreds of millions of people have claimed that they have been blessed and helped by the scriptures. What do they know? One thing I can guarantee you, I'm going to share some things that you most likely don't know about the Bible. First, it's not a book. It's a library. 66 different books written on three different continents, written in three different languages by some 35 different authors. Throughout the Bible, there is a consistent theme. The promise, the arrival, the return of the Messiah. The work of salvation that comes through the promised Messiah. Genesis 3.15, he shall crush his head, but he will bruise his heel. All the way until the establish of the kingdom in the book of Revelation. Now there are benefits to scripture, the Bible says. In Luke 11, a woman cried out from the crowd and said to Jesus, Blessed are the breasts that fed you and the womb that bore you. And Jesus said this, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it, Luke 11:28. More than ministry of Mary, Mary was blessed among women, was able to raise God in the flesh, the incarnation of God, that was a blessing. But we are blessed when we hear God's word and keep it. If we will study it, know it, memorize it, we will bring a blessing into our lives. Listen to another benefit of Scripture. This is 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. This isn't like a magazine is inspired or a movie is inspired, but God actually inspired the truths that are in the Word. And it is profitable for doctrine, that's truth. For reproof, that's evidence. For correction and for instruction in righteousness, that we can be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work that God's given us to walk in. What an incredible promise. Now, God has also promised that he was going to preserve his word throughout generations so we can believe that what we have before us in the versions of the Bible today, we can trust. Psalms 12, 6 and 7 says, the words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace, purified seven times. You shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them from generation to generation forever. God's promise that he will preserve his word and we have his word today. Now let's talk about how we got our Bible. Because the Bible didn't float down from heaven with gold leaves and ribbons hanging off of it in the New King James or the ESV or the NASB version. But instead, it was written by men who were moved by the Holy Spirit to write them down. And God didn't take them over to write it. It was in their personalities, in their styles. They probably even made mistakes in grammar and spelling as they were writing the originals. But we don't have any of those originals today. All we have is copies of copies of copies. Now, some critics have said that the Bible can't be trusted because all we have is copies of copies of copies. But there's something called textual criticism. It is a science by which you take manuscripts and you compare and contrast them to one another to get back to close to what the original says. This is not just for the Bible. It's for every ancient writing, Aristotle, Homer, Tatticus, Josephus, 
all had textual criticism done on their work. And when they quote Aristotle, they don't say Aristotle said this, but we don't know if we can trust it, even though we don't have the original copies and all we have is copies of copies of copies of copies. So you can't apply something to the secular world and not apply it to the Christian world, which has more manuscripts and better manuscripts. Now, very few of these manuscripts, we have 5,000 Greek manuscripts, very few of them are the same. There's a lot of variants. In fact, if some misspellings, it can result in thousands of variants. If a word is left out, it can result in another thousands of variants. So that there could be hundreds of thousands of variants within the 5,000 manuscripts of the New Testament. In fact, there are. And so people will criticize that, not realizing that one misspelled word can cause thousands of variants. One person said, there are thousands of variants in the manuscripts of the New Testament. That's really wrong. There are hundreds of thousands. But that doesn't mean that we can't come back to the truth, that we can't use textual criticism to bring it all together. When I found my very first variant in the Bible, it disturbed me. I had been told that the Bible was inerrant. And what I thought by that was the King James Version of the Bible that I had and was reading had absolutely no errors in it. Then I found an error in the King James Bible. It says in one battle, 86,000 were killed. In another battle, 68,000 were killed. Somebody obviously transposed the number somewhere. Well, I went to my pastor and showed him it because it shook me. And he said, those are two different battles, but that wasn't honest. I went back and looked and they weren't two different battles. What it was, was that in the Texas Receptus manuscripts, the New King James and the King James were taken from, it has the numbers transposed but no one corrected them. And I think that's the right thing to do. When the manuscripts come to us one way, we keep it that way, but we can compare them and maybe we can come up to the exact number, depending on which manuscripts are better, which manuscripts uh, we can trust more than other manuscripts. Now there are insignificant variants and significant variants. An insignificant variant is a spelling error that we know is spelled wrong. And we can see easily see that or uh, a word put out of place uh, or a, a, some kind of grammar problem. We can see that quickly. But significant variances are something that's a little larger. And no one's been lying to you. It's been our versions all along in the footnotes. When you go to the footnotes, you can see in the footnotes in whatever version you're using that it will talk about the variants that are there. Now we can trust what we have because there's so many compared and contrasted manuscripts. If I had a thousand of you write a manuscript of what I was gonna say for the next minute, and then I talked and you guys wrote out, and then we gathered together the thousand manuscripts. Some of you would have very good manuscripts. Some of you would have very bad manuscripts, but could we get back to what I had originally said? Yes, because not all the mistakes are going to be the same. And there's gonna be better manuscripts that we know. Not many mistakes were made in this one. And then we can compare over here and say, oh, it does have a mistake here or a mistake there. By the time we make it through those thousands of variants, you can come back to the original thing that I said. And that's how it works with textual criticism. In fact, critics will say of the Bible that we have come back with great confidence that what was written is what we have in the version of the Bible today.
if you're hearing this for the very first time, it may shake you, but I want to give you some resources. First of all, Lee Strobel's A Case for Faith will lay out exactly how textual criticism works, give you examples of variance, significant and insignificant. Elisa Childers' new book, Another Gospel, also covers textual criticism in a strong, powerful way. Take time to learn how we got our Bible. We believe that it is inerrant in the truths that it teaches. And when you are challenged in the future about why you believe something in the Bible, when you don't have the originals, you'll be able to give that answer. Now, three things in closing. If you read, study, and follow scripture, you will be blessed. That's an amazing thing. We can have confidence that the scriptures are reliable because even critics will say that we have gotten very close to the original manuscripts. Number three, if the Bible is true prophetically, archeologically, scientifically, historically, geographically, then it can be trusted spiritually and you can call out on the name of the Lord and be saved.